The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. It's getting hot in my closet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, okay, so you've got a problem. What are you going to do about it? Open open the door. What about a what about a little fan underneath you? You know, you kind of get that that L'Oreal commercial feeling with the hair blowing in the breeze. Oh, we could totally do like a Beyonce bit on this. Yeah, like I'll just start swaying on the Zoom, my hair flying as I'm talking about seasonal food. It's, it's perfect. Like she, it's like she's in slow motion. Wow. Can you imagine? <laughs> a special isolation edition of Eat This with Leanne. Here's Leanne Philipson. Think about the last meal that you ate. What vegetables were on your plate? How many miles do you think it traveled to get there? How long ago was it picked, harvested, or stored before it made it to your meal? And What did that distance do to that invisible life force or the chi, the prana, or the energy of that food? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that we don't often give any of that much thought, and maybe it's about time that we do. Now, if I just lost you at the chi or the prana, hold tight. I'll explain that a little bit more in a bit. With books like The 100-Mile Diet that came out in 2007 and the experiment that the authors took on, only to eat foods that came within a hundred miles of their Vancouver apartment, it makes me wonder what would be scratched off the shopping list if we did the same. Hmm, I don't think that bowl of Cheerios would make it, or keeping in line with produce, that avocado smashed on your toast before your beautifully cooked egg gets lovingly popped on top. Well, that wouldn't happen for us living here in Canada. Sure, eating local is better for the planet as well as your taste buds and your body. But uh, where is the best place to get these local foods? Well, I have my favorite and fun ways to shop that gives me joy. And though the experience is quite a bit different now, how can we connect with our food? And like, why bother? What are you talking about, Ian? Excuse me? Could there be something to following Mother Nature's rhythm and plan when it comes to seasonal eating? Or the practice of buying what's available only, like, local? Today on Eat This with Leanne, seasonal eating. Eating with the seasons, locally, and let's talk about that life force and what comes from some foods and how on earth can it benefit us. Years ago, when I offered my mommy chef cooking classes to new moms and dads, I bought as much local and all the ingredients really as possible from local markets. 
I became addicted to going, actually seeing what was available. And I was astounded by the size of the broccoli and the cauliflower at the height of it being in season. <laughs> the cauliflower honestly was the size of a dinner plate. <laughs> hey now. This year, every Saturday morning, I've been going to a particular farmer's market to do my weekly shop. I get my fruits and my vegetables and then another few things that I really love. Mm. Shopping outside in the fresh air, speaking with people, aka the farmers, who grow what I'm about to buy, makes me feel really good. It actually makes me feel more connected to my food. It took me a little while to figure that out. If it's possible to feel something from food, like more than the crunch you know, that happens in my mouth as I'm chewing something is what I mean. And after episode 28, uh, the one that we did about intuitive eating, I've been working on staying more out of my head as I explore this feeling around food. It's still kind of confusing, but kind of fun all at the same time. Okay, so let's talk about markets. What's the difference between a farmer's market and a regular market? Well, you might know that a farmer's market is run by people who actually, they can tell you where their products come from, when they were harvested, how they were grown. But more than that, some are producer-only markets with vendors that are actually required to grow, raise, or make what they're selling. When searching for a farmer's market in your area, there are a few things that are really good to ask. You want to know maybe what the regulations are like, for example. Is it a truly producer-driven market? And is that enforced? Also, are all of those products local? I've stopped at the side of the road markets before, thinking that I'm buying from a farm and yay, this is so fun, only to find out that the food that they're selling comes from the food terminal where trucks drop off all their produce from miles away. And that little side of the road stand is made to look like it's farm fresh. Also, maybe you might want to know what the atmosphere is like at that farmer's market. Is it somewhere that you like the layout of, the flow of, and it actually feels good to shop at? Know that you'll need to wear your mask and that there can be lineups. And while I really did not like this at first, when I first started going and they opened this season, I've kind of got used to it now, as we have with a bunch of other things. Farmers markets, well, they can also make you feel more connected to your community. You get to ask questions and they're more willing to talk about how certain foods are grown, where they came from, and also some tips and tricks when preparing them when you're talking to the vendor that you're buying it from. I can remember doing that with sea asparagus of all things. It's a really weird looking, looks nothing like asparagus. Sorry, sea asparagus? They grow asparagus sea, in the sea? They grow asparagus in like in water it's kind of it's like a, it's a sea vegetable oh. different different to seaweed it kind of just looks like a really small twig if you were to actually just draw a stick wow sounds, and, sounds appetizing it really wasn't. Let me just tell you, it was so salty. Oh, okay. It was, I did not enjoy it at all. It's growing in salt water if it's like seawater. So yeah, yeah, salty would be a an obvious thing, wouldn't it? You would think, but I didn't make that connection. I just looked at these things and thought, oh, this looks inspiring. Let's try this out. And then the other thing that I tried once were garlic scapes. Have you ever seen those? No. So, the, so they're the tops of young garlic. And um, so they're just like in this little curly whirly thing that looks a little bit like a like a pig's tail. Okay. 
And when you chop it up and you can fry it and seriously, you can add it to an omelet. You can do all sorts of things with it. So it's super tasty. But again, I just tried it first and it's yeah. just like taking a bite of garlic. <laughs> it, was just, mm. it was a it was a little hot. I, uh, so, I, pref- I prefer my garlic old and ornery. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh huh. Nice dried, shriveled up, and and possibly possibly cooked. Yeah, there you go. More like me. Yeah. <laughs> kind of leaves you speechless. All right. So, what's about this energy that I'm talking about? This chi, this prana, or this life force that I mentioned off off the top. First, let's hear from Lisa Dowling. She's a friend and also an East Asian medicine practitioner, and she's an acupuncturist. And I thought, let's just get her take on this, as I figured she could articulate it better than I. And she's going to tell us a little bit about eating in season and eating locally. Welcome to Eat This with Leanne, Lisa. You're not only a friend and an acupuncturist and have treated myself and my kids, but I'm not even going to try and say what else it is that you do because I know there's so many things. So why don't you just jump right in and, and tell me, tell everybody, tell listeners what it is that you do. Sure. Great. Thanks, Leanne. And thanks for inviting me on. So my name is Lisa Dowling. I'm a practitioner of East Asian medicine. So I like to teach and empower both my clients and my students on the powers of East Asian medicine. Mm, East Asian medicine. So what does that encompass? Um, Well, I choose to say East Asian medicine as opposed to traditional Chinese medicine because a lot of the work that I have done and my studies have actually been in Japanese medicine. I've also done some Thai medicine some Chinese medicine. Um, So for me, it's important for me to encompass all of that into. Very cool. Yeah, I, I, I totally get it. Okay, so in this episode, I'm talking about fresh summer fruits, all the why bother going to a farmer's market rather than just going to the supermarket. And I know and have learned from you that there are seasons. Well, I already knew that anyways, nutritious. There are seasons, but there's also something a lot deeper going on than just eating within the seasons. Is it true to say that we get like a different kind of energy from food depending on what the season is? Would I be right in saying that? Yes, absolutely. Of course, there's so many different ways to look at diet and dietary theory. But in East Asian medicine, there's something called five elements. And people may be familiar with that. But each of the five elements is related to a season, it's related to a flavor, and it's related to basically everything in nature. So right now we're obviously in the summer season, which is the season of the sun, it's the season of fire. And in terms of food, it's the season that the fruit grows and ripens. So the fruit that is growing and ripening in the gardens right now, and especially the local foods and the local fruits are where we're going to get the most nutrients, but also the most energy out of the food that we're eating. And when we look deeper into the theory, we can see all of those connections. Just as an example, in the springtime, when things are sprouting, it's actually energetically really powerful to eat all of those greens that are just coming out of the ground. They're related to the spring, which is related to the liver. And as many of us know, things like dandelion are really good for cleansing the liver. 
So in the summertime, we have tomatoes and we have zucchinis and we have all of these fresh fruits and vegetables, which are really, really good for our blood and the heart, which is related to the summer season. Mm. So as I'm eating all of my lovely berries and as I call sun, uh, strawberries little bites of sunshine, that I'm taking in not only that sun energy and fire energy, but I'm also taking in the nutrients that are coming from all of the, the crazy antioxidants and so much really from all the different colors. The wild blueberries are just starting to come out, the blackberries, the raspberries, plums I saw at the market the other day. So, so many fruits that just kind of keep on rolling out over the summertime. So if we were to stick to say a summertime diet, which typically is a lighter lighter fare. So uh, the other day I made a beautiful tomato and basil salad on my cook together segment and everybody just went crazy because it's so, so vibrant in color and vibrant in taste. And what does that, according to um, your medicine, the way that you see things, how does that also support our body or how does that help our body? Um, well, when we're eating fresh foods, it's simply easier for our body to digest. Just, just one example for that. So in the summertime, it's really hot. So we want things that are cool. Right. So eating fresh foods that are freshly picked, you know, right fresh off of the tree is giving us the highest nutrients in the foods that we can possibly get. Because the longer that that fruit is picked and it's taken away from its energy source, which is the plant, which is the roots, which is the water and the sun to grow and nourish it, the longer it's away from that, the more nutrients kind of leach or, or leave those fruits or vegetables. So the closest um, hand, you know, basically harvest to hand that we can get with our produce, the, um, the more energy, the more nutrients, the more... Um, supportive that's going to be for our system. So of course, just on a quick side note, we look at, well, what about the wintertime? In Canada, nothing grows in the wintertime. But actually, we talk about winter being the time to hibernate, the time to preserve, and the time to kind of restore. So each of the seasons really does have its own energy. And likewise, we want cooked food in the winter because it's cold. We can eat fresh food in the summer because it's hot and that fresh food is going to help cool our systems down. Mm, yes, I've heard you say about this is a, you know, your body's too hot, not necessarily meaning that I'm sweating, but like there's just a different way of looking at what's going on with your body or your liver or to do with those temperatures, even though I'm not physically feeling that. Can you just explain a little bit more about that cool and heat? Because that's definitely something that comes from Chinese medicine, um, you know, East Asian medicine theories. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, this, is, this is a really big topic that could go on for hours and hours and hours. I'm sure. So, yeah, some people, they actually feel hot or they feel cold in their bodies. So they're going to resonate with different seasons also based on that. For me, I tend to be quite cold inside, um, but also my personality, my temperament is very fire. So I love the summertime and I love the fresh fruits. And I'm attracted to that, right? And I think if we do tune in to what our body is looking for, we're usually attracted to that which we need. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes we, you know, kind of miss the message a little bit and, and 
are attracted to things because they nurture us in a way that gives us a quick fix, but ultimately our bodies know what it needs if we're really paying attention. So um, when it comes to the heat and the cold in the body, there's, there's a lot of different mechanisms going on. Like generally men, especially young men, they're more yang in nature, which is hot. And young women are more yin in nature, which is cold. And so as we age, those elements tend to uh, slowly, right, they kind of deplete and then the other one rises. So with women, we're cold and we're young. And then most women, when they get into menopause or that stage of life, they start to have hot flashes. And mm -hmm. that's because that uh, cold is not holding the heat anymore. So the heat rises up in flashes and similar things happen in men as well. So we can use food to help support that. In fact, a huge amount of Chinese medicine herbology is food. It's uh, whether it's fruits and vegetables from our garden or whether it's herbs or uh, roots, you know, it's all about trying to create that balance in our body of the hot and cold so that we can function at our best. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, but you just nailed it for me. So thank you very much. And I definitely am more attracted to summertime foods. I love soups and broths and all of those things, but there's just something about the summertime foods and the and the vibrancy of them and the color and the lightness. And so thank you very much for explaining it. I'm sure listeners are thinking, hmm, I wonder what am I more attracted to and, and what they might be. So I'll put some information about Lisa and her practice in the show notes. So if anybody wants to reach out to Lisa and find out a little bit more about what she does, then you'll be able to find it all there. Thanks so much, Lisa. I really appreciate your time. Okay, thanks, Leanne. Somewhere between her jeans collection and her sock drawer, this is Eat This with Leanne. Whether you've heard of traditional Chinese medicine or even Asian medicine and what Lisa just shared about the elements, with the summer in particular being an element of fire, let's do a little experiment, shall we? I'm going to join in on this too. And Chris, you okay. get everyone around the table and try this one out. All right. Okay. So next time you eat a food that's locally grown, like maybe a strawberry or you find some blueberries, a cucumber, some tomatoes, notice as you eat it, how does it feel? Now, you got to first get sort of to that present place and be in the moment and just focus on that as you're eating. Then like just see, what do you notice? Maybe you notice something, maybe you notice nothing. Then go and grab a package of something like say a cracker. Now, these are really different foods. Obviously, one is like, you know, grew and is living and the other one is the complete opposite. But I think if we try it this way, then it's it's a purposeful way of doing this. So see if you can tune into the feeling of it. I'm totally going to give this a go after my weekend shop this weekend. And if this is completely foreign to you and you have no idea what I'm talking about, of uh, especially how to get into that feeling place instead of being in your head, thinking about it and analyzing, check out the Learn Together video that I did a few weeks ago on SproutRight's uh, IGTV and Facebook pages with Jasmine Chomsky. She did a tremendous job of actually talking us through how to get to that place of feeling versus being in your head. 
because I'm still myself struggling that with that one a little bit. I like the sound of that. Eating in season has a whole lot of other benefits as well as the energy that I'm talking about. In season food has a higher intensity and density of nutrients. So that means it won't only make it taste better, but it's better for you. So for example, foods picked in season have shown a much higher level of vitamin C since vitamins, especially vitamin C, well, it degrades over time. So there can be sometimes longer storage times. If you're eating out of season, those foods tend to have higher levels of preservatives and what, what are called ripening agents. Maybe there's some extra chemicals, some gases and some heat processes. Well, those are there to design to make the foods last and have them available all year round. To eat locally. Now, as a you know normal guy, I don't get out to many farmer's markets. And I, to be yeah. honest with you, I haven't been out in years to a farmer's market. And it's not that I don't enjoy it. It's just, it doesn't, I I buy a lot of my stuff fresh day to day and farmer's markets in this area are literally only on the weekends. Got it. Uh, So I don't plan ahead and I should, but I don't. So when I go to the grocery store, I make the point of looking for grown in Canada signs, or sometimes they have the little Ontario flower sign, that kind of thing. But how fresh are, is that produce Uh, compared to the farmer's markets? I I don't believe it's going to be as fresh because what happens in your typical supermarket, your big chain supermarket, is they're going to order it. Uh, It's going to come, all the food that is grown and put into those plastic boxes or bags or whatever, there's more processing that has to go on. Not necessarily to the food itself, but it has to go in some sort of container or bag or box or whatever. And then that gets filtered, especially here, through a food terminal. And then it ends up at the supermarket. So while it's still local, it's definitely cutting down on, you know, an apple coming from Guadalajara or something like that. I'm sure they don't have apples, but you know what I mean? I know what you mean. (laughs) So it's good. It's better that you're buying either from Canada or you're buying Uh, you know, you're buying local, but if you actually like Googled, what is a hundred mile debt? Like what's a hundred miles around you? Mm -hmm. It's, it's not really that far. So it was, I, it kind of had to just shake my head a little bit when I did some research about that hundred mile diet. I don't even know. Like, let's say that you don't have a sugar mill near you, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't be able to have that food or that's, I think what they did in that, in that experiment. So, you know, Pick your battles, do what you can. And if you are only shopping at a supermarket and going to a farmer's market is just not going to happen for you, then exactly what you're doing, Chris, I think is the best, uh, the best case scenario that you can think of. So this even, if you can believe it, extends to products like dairy. You don't tend to think about that when we're talking about produce. One study showed that concentration of an important mineral called iodine, which you may have heard, uh, you kind of think of that as like this bright orange color. And that's really important for our thyroid. It's actually better and there's more of it in milk that's produced in the spring. Who knew? Facts are facts. Eating in season is also related to a higher variety of foods in general. Yes, it's better to get your broccoli all year round. And, you know, I tell you all the time to eat your greens. But trying out new foods at farmer's markets may give you a better shot at even avoiding food sensitivities. Since when we change our diet all the time, it's more beneficial to perhaps prevent intolerances. And intolerances in this sense can come from the foods you eat every day, all the time all the time, all the time. 
So in other words, eating seasonally can help our bodies just to force to adapt to having different foods. And I think sometimes that can be better for immunity and also our microbiome health because of the different fibers that we're having. And although research isn't completely firm yet, our bodies might change slightly depending on the season. So for example, in the summer, along with eating that cooling energy foods that Lisa mentioned, we need those to keep us hydrated. So it's a good thing that watermelon and berries come into season at that time. In the fall, we need much more fiber. We need some pectin. And guess where that's found? In apples. So they're in season during the fall. And then if you think about all those really grounding uh, root vegetables that come out sort of more fall, winter, they're a bit more starchy and they can be more satisfying in those colder months. Now, typically citrus fruits, they come out in the winter, although they're not local for us at all. They're higher in vitamin C and that, well, that's more to do with our immunity. So what's in season? Well, from where Chris and I are from in Ontario, things that are coming into season in our next month of August are some apples, specific types of apples, apricots, peaches. Peaches are out a little bit. I've had peaches lately. Some blueberries, some cranberries, artichokes. Now that's a challenge right there. Haven't dipped my toe in the water of cooking any artichokes. Have you, Chris? Oh, God. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. No. I can't lie to you, Leanne. <laughs> no good. Oh, yeah. I'll just, so I'll many. Just, so many yeah. artichokes. Artichokes on my cereal. Artichokes in my coffee. Artichokes everywhere. I'm so good. <laughs> no, it takes me a little, it takes me a little bit to even order that because yeah. it's a lot of fun because you just you know have those little leaves or right. whatever. Yeah. But it seems like a lot of work for not so much food. <laughs> it's tasty when I have it. So so we're also we're gonna start seeing some squash. And did you know that summer squash is sort of like this little or yellow type of zucchini. That's something that completely baffled me years ago when I first came across that. Also watermelon and just normal green zucchini. That's all That's all coming into season if it's not already. So it's a good practice to start maybe checking out the, your local government's website if you're listening to this some, somewhere out of either Ontario or even Canada. Have a little poke around and see what's in your area because you might be in Australia listening to this and you're a little upside down to us right now. So it's totally going to depend on where you're from. And I'd love to hear what you find now knowing that in August, those are the things that we have locally. So eating in season has a whole lot of benefits and it seems that the environment does well when we eat locally and seasonally. But not only that, uh, eating seasonally can help us with an extra boost of that boost of that life force energy. It, it could go to just a completely other level that we didn't know about. But in our little experiment that we're going to do, let's see what happens when we pay more attention to how our food feels. Leaning into, into Mother Nature's rhythm that she has for us 
could also involve going to some farmer's market, whereas maybe you wouldn't have done that before and engage, engage with the community. Cause I don't know about you, but I, <laughs> I need more people in my life <laughs> and, uh, you know, safe distance with your mask on, but it's, uh, it's nice to get out there and connect a little bit more. And then once you finished at the farmer's market, maybe you've picked up a monstrous bunch of basil and some beautiful, colorful tomatoes. Head over to Sprout Rates Facebook and Instagram pages for the basil pesto that I made, an outstanding tomato salad that I put together. And you can also pick up my book, Sprout Rate Family Food, and then you can put all those vegetables to really good use. Now, I mentioned this a little bit before, but just in case you didn't listen to this, my book was recently shortlisted in the Taste Canada Awards, and it features so many recipes that you and your family will love, plus answer a lot of the nutrition questions that maybe you're either afraid to ask or really probably more that you didn't need to know that you have to ask. So you can get Sprout Right Family Food on my website or wherever you go get your great books. So please, please share this episode, pass it on, subscribe and rate it so that others know to tune in. And as always, eat this one mouthful at a time. Mm